Welcome to the podcast that's dedicated to helping business owners to prepare for exit so you can maximize value and exit on your terms. This is the Exit Insights podcast presented by Succession Plus. I'm Daryl Bates-Brownsort and today I'm talking to Marjorie Radlow-Zandy. Welcome Marjorie and thanks for joining me on the podcast today. It'd be great if you could start by giving us a bit about your background and how you ended up becoming an angel investor because everyone's got their own story and from what I've read, yours sounds like another interesting one. So uh, please do share. Okay, great. Um, thank you for having me, first of all. Um, let me first start out by saying that entrepreneurship is in my blood. I come from a family of entrepreneurs. My family, starting with my great-grandfather and great-grandmother um, coming from Russia, had a grain merchant business in St. Petersburg, Russia. And the other one came over from Russia and came um, and, and basically had a coffee brokerage within Manhattan, even though she did not know English. She, she worked at the best she could between her Russian and her Yiddish. Um, so this was just a impetus for, for generations of entrepreneurs in the family. Um, I started out when I was 19. I established the first uh, sailing uh, program in my college town in Burlington, Vermont, where none previously existed. And then after graduating from my MBA at Northeastern, I went to Silicon Valley. My role in Silicon Valley was expanding markets globally for a number of software companies in Silicon Valley. While in Silicon Valley, a teeny tiny company from Boston wishing to scale internationally in the food diagnostics business reached out to me and asked me to join uh, their very small company board. Uh, the company's name is Vicam, and after being on the board for six months, other board members lobbied me to join the company due to my experience in scaling companies in, um, within Silicon Valley. So I took a big cut in pay and was given a sizable equity position to join the organization. Um, and the mission of the company I joined was to increase the safety of the global food supply, providing test kits for testing contaminants. Um, so really in the diagnostic sector, um, whether it's food diagnostics, clinical diagnostic, vet diagnostics, that same, a lot of the similar technology is used. I applied much of the same principles distributing software worldwide to growing Vicam, which meant taking a rapid test kit, test kit manufacturer for food testing, expanding it from uh, one country to over um, 100 uh, companies. And so um, what happened was because Vicam was funded by angel investors, I knew we needed to plan for an exit in the form of a sale to a larger company. The exit needed to be successful for all stakeholders, including employees, customers, and investors. In both running our business and preparing for the exit, we had many strategic collaborations start really uh, targeting joint customers um, and prospects were the same. Um, with much larger companies um, and had, so therefore had a lot of strategic alliance. We had products which complemented uh, their product line. It was actually one of these collaborations which ended up purchasing Vicam. With that said, I also led the investing banking process which yielded 10 competing offers for the business. Without this, I'm convinced that the exit price and the selection of offers would have been much smaller due to the competition. In the end, we selected the best offer for our customers, employees, and investors. It came from a strategic collaboration with Waters Corporation, a billion, multi-billion dollar corporation. It was also important that we selected the best fit for many reasons, among those making sure that 
the selection of the company would allow the business to both achieve its goal and also get the release of the escrow payments. In the end, 100% of the escrow was released, um, in this case, after two years. All the investors in private company were quite pleased, as well as the acquiring company, which is really what you want to achieve. Waters, who acquired us, had a core business and several fairly autonomous business units, which by Kim became one. Um, I can also talk now about um, what attracted me to angel investing, um, if you'd like. Sure. So thanks, Marjorie. It's um, well, got, got uh, entrepreneurship in your blood and uh, for generations and, and jumping right into it. So uh, quite a background there. So, um, for, so having had an experience, a positive experience of, of going from, you know, from startup right through the journey to a successful exit, and you know, ensuring that all the payments came through, 100% of payments came through of escrow. So quite a successful journey. I'm guessing uh, you must have ticked all the boxes, been very thorough in your diligence and, and setting the business up and preparing it for exit. Now you're sitting on the other side as an angel investor. What's your experience in, in seeing um, you know, business owners who are looking for angel investment, you, you must see quite a range there. What's your experience of what you see of, of who approaches you? And yeah, and, and let's dig into that a bit. Well, I think, um, let me first cover when, you know, kind of why I transitioned to angel investing, then I'm going to um, talk to you about the various companies that come to me. At this point, I've seen probably um, over a thousand um, early stage companies seeking investment. Um, but let me first go back a little bit and talk about um, when I transitioned from the entrepreneurial, creative, fast moving private company to the reserved quarterly earnings focused um, public company, it was a big, it was a big shock. It's a big change in the atmosphere. Mm. Um, but despite um, the, biz the different business environment um, at the public company, I did like my role and I was able to run an autonomous um, business, although for the public company. Um, but really, my I really missed the entrepreneurship environment and my spirit broke loose, just like a lot of um, entrepreneurs who find themselves in large um, public company. And then I figured, how can I transition here? So I transitioned to being um, an angel investor, mentor, board director and advisor to early stage companies. So but. Um, you just can't, um, you know, turn on the light switch and make, a, a, you know, a complete difference. You need to really get prepared uh, for it. Um, I really need to get up to speed um, in, in terms of looking at things from an angel investing perspective. I, I really knew about the industries, the software industry, the life science diagnostic industry pretty well. But I really needed to apply the knowledge to all different types of businesses, whether they be AI, um, machine learning, um, food, other food, early state, better for your food companies, other food tech companies, um, and so on. So um, I was really lucky to have to join Launchpad Venture Group. They're the third largest group in the US and they're the largest in the Northeast. And what they do is they have a whole series of um, learning session. We're talking multiple courses, like I think up to now in terms of all the um, deep dive into different um, vertical areas of the business, it's up to 20 courses that one could take to really get up to speed in terms of looking at um, 
things from an angel investor point of view. A lot of um, my fellow uh, angel investors, some have been in finance, some have been past entrepreneurs, some have been more in the, the corporate realm, but there is, they need to really jump to um, another area looking at things from an angel perspective. So I really value the fact that Launchpad had that and I was really able to get very well up to speed in terms of uh, being an angel investor. Um, but um, if, if you'd like, I can talk about um, from an angel perspective, um, what some tips are in terms of if you're a company seeking to get angel investment or from an angel investor's perspective, what we look for, would that be helpful? I think, yeah, look, absolutely. Some tips for business owners who are looking to bring angel investors on board that uh, you know, based on your experience would be really valuable to the audience. Okay, terrific. All right. So I think it's really important to show, first of all, proof of concept. Um, you know, this is the angel investment is after the friends and family round, which is typically um, the friends and family rounds are around $50,000 to $200,000. And you've got with that, you've got to really show some type of proof of concept within a um, of a product in a very unique, compelling product within the total addressable market, which should be at least um, 100 million or more. Um, VCs, of course, look for a lot bigger than the 100 million figure, and angels are happy to have it bigger than that, but just as it's kind of as a ballpark. And it's important that one knows one numbers, and you don't have to be exact, but just have a mid uh, Five level, a five-year projection, which should include PL. It doesn't have to be super detailed. It can be really top line, um, gross margin, and bottom line um, going out five years to really um, make sure that um, other investors know that you, you understand the actual market and they can see traction there. Um, obviously, a solid team. Um, I and a lot of other my fellow angels look for a balance of technical wizardry and high-level business know-how. Um, we must have a CEO that's coachable and open to feedback. Um, one does, a CEO doesn't have to apply all the feedback, but there's got to be an openness to accepting feedback. Because some of the feedback makes, may make sense, some may not make sense, but just be, be open. Um, also, it's important to have a realistic evaluations. Valuations have been high um, over the past year or so, and they also um, vary according to industry and also according to the, the time and also even the geographical locations. Um, Silicon Valley tends, some of those valuations tend to be higher um, than some of the, the other valuations. So it's gotta be, so you can't also expect to have a valuation of $100 million with $100,000 in sales with two employees. I mean, you just, it, it's got to fit the, the reasonable um, nests. Otherwise, really, um, the investors invest for a return and it's got to be um, um, realistic. Um, additionally, um, one needs to show some past exits of similar types of, of companies. So investors can kind of get in their mind that they're going to be making a return. Yep. Okay. So um, again, a lot, a lot of information there for, for listeners to take in. And from, from your experience, Marjorie, you know, what are some of the traps, I guess, that um, business owners uh, fall into, the consistent traps when they're, they're, they're talking to angels and, um, you know, 
which really holds angels back from wanting to invest in them? I would say, I think the valuation is a big one. Make sure it's, it's realistic. Um, investors want to make a return. I'd say the other is that the um, it's it's absolutely fine if one wants to have a business that goes on for 20, 30 years, um, but that's not going to be particularly attractive to, to angels. Um, depending, I think it's really angels look for an exit sometimes, um, at, you know, within the five to 10 year uh, period of time. So it's important that they see that particular um, time frame and, um, and let's say the other would be also just to make sure that, that the um, business CEO really needs to understand that, that angels are investing for return. They could invest in the, the stock market, invest in real estate, but instead they're investing um, in your business. And as, as part of this, they're partners and want to see a return and they want to help um, along the way as well. Yeah. So make sure you've got the valuation that's a sensible valuation that, that leaves aside yes. for the, the, the angel and also recognizing that the angel sees that, you know, they've got other investment opportunities and uh, they're looking for a return and they're going to want an exit from this investment as well. So in your business plan, your business case to the angel, you need to uh, highlight that. Um, and so so if you know, let's let's imagine for a sec that uh, we, we've uh, got a business plan, we've taken it to angels, we've uh, got their attention and they, they want to invest. What, what can business owners expect uh, in terms of ongoing involvement from the angel um, you know, in, in terms of working towards that next exit? Okay, um, I think, um, first of all, I think the business owners, if there's a, a potential selection of groups should look for, if you're in that wonderful position to be able to select among a different groups, all the different groups, you wanna select um, angel groups that potentially could help your business along, that have contacts in the business. So the whole idea of, of smart capital, um, often when angels um, invest in a business, there's typically, um, a board seat, sometimes a board seat and a board observer seat um, in the business, but also, and that's, you know, one or two people, but if you're looking at a whole network, like for example, with Launchpad Venture Group, we have 170 members of the group from all different areas, mostly in tech and life science with a whole world of contacts and contacts of contacts, which can be tremendously helpful to the business. Um, so, and, and I also think that the, the angels from their side are going to want regular updates. Um, some CEOs have wanted to start out with monthly updates, which I think um, if you're trying to keep that up, that's going to be more difficult, but either quarterly is ideal or by um, every six months, or I think the worst case is, is every year. But I think it's really an opportunity um, for the CEOs to have that type of connection and update with the angels, because often there's, um, there's a, a, a um, section at the end of every update in terms of the ask. And some could be, um, we, we really wanna get several developers on our team. Can you recommend some developers? Um, 
do you know any we're looking to get into some um, some agencies? Do you have connections to the agencies or law firms or whatever their particular uh, market is? So it's really an opportunity to extend one's team to to an entire network that could help propel your business forward. Yeah. And so, yeah, if I was to uh, turn that around into my language, what I'm hearing and is, and correct me, is that, you know, the, the angels are looking to get uh, great value investments and they, they want to make sure that the, the, the business owner is coachable, um, open to taking advice and learning and growing. They want to make sure that the, you know, the valuation is, you know, you know, not pie in the sky, you know, and just totally crazy type valuations. Um, and, you know, but from the business owner's perspective, if, if they are open and savvy, they're, they're looking to attract the right sort of angels, what you're saying, who have experience in their area. And the business owner wants to get a pound of flesh out of the angel as well, you know, and tap into their networks and their past experience and their, their understanding of the industry. That's right. That's right. And it's really that whole uh, idea of it's not just capital, capital, it's all sorts. It's also intellectual capital and personal capital that they bring to the business. And often the that um, other than than actual dollar capital, the other type of capital is often much more important to the business. Totally. Yeah. And, and you've also shared some, some experience of, of being on the journey from an entrepreneurial business all the way up through being to a publicly listed company and, and just touched on lightly that there, there's differences, uh, radical differences between the way the two types of companies operate. We, we hear that um, often that, that entrepreneurs are fantastic at getting a business up and running and they've got the skill set and I guess the, intent, the attention span of you know, those, those fast decisions, quick, nimble, without too much um, administrative, administrative structure in the background. Can an angel investor help entrepreneurs with that transition and potentially changing their role and setting, managing their expectations that they need to change their role from the, the, the CEO to perhaps another role in the company? I think what they, I mean, it's, it really, they could, they, uh, and a lot, especially those angels that have been entrepreneurs. So yeah. they walk the walk, they understand um, what to expect. And, and there, I think the reality is, is that it's probably more usual for once an entrepreneur sells a business to either go on to, um, to stay with a business, you usually have to make sure that transition happens, especially through an escrow when everyone's happy with that. But after that point, after those few years, I think it's really not unusual for the entrepreneur to um, exit um, the business and start a, another business yeah. and potentially even sell to the um, same um, parent company that they sold to before or, in, or one of the industry, but it is a, it's such a different environment, but I think the important thing um, in terms of the, the angel side is to really, you know, the angels want to get they want the entrepreneur to be successful, but they also want to get their capital out to at least have the, the entrepreneur um, stay there through that, that critical transition period. Yeah. So they can nurture and mentor and, and just guide them through those, yeah, I guess, business um, structural changes that need to occur 
Well, and and you know what might even be termed as growing pains as as the business um, grows up to become from a startup to a, a scale up business. Yeah, absolutely. That's a that that's exactly right. And but yet, I mean, I think what what happens is that the when you have it, it's a lot um, having to do with one's budget. So you you're operating your business, you have your own budget, you need some additional capital for a new project. It's a very um, it's more of a presentation to the board of directors. Maybe there's some additional funding or a A plus round or a B round of investment that that happens. Whereas in a corporate structure, there's many more hands that want the limited capital for growing. So it's just, it's, it's a lot different and there's um, many more steps and a lot more uh, patience needed in order to achieve the investment and not the investment that one thinks one needs. Well, one can maybe get half of that or, or sometimes even just a quarter of that to, to run the business. It's just a different environment because um, a large corporation needs to satisfy the needs of investment for the entire corporation, all the business units. Sure. And I guess, you know, if the business is, is operating and growing and meeting its business plan targets and goals, then it's right. always easier to uh, you know, get access to more capital as you continue to grow and, um, and the right sort of people to fill those uh, new roles that are required. Yeah, no, that's, that's absolutely true. I, I'd say the only exception to that is in, let's say, once your business is sold, your business may be going gangbusters. Let's say you had 25% um, growth in the past year, you blew through your number one's numbers and so on. If the overall parent uh, company's business or other businesses that they have in business units didn't have a good year, that will also affect the investment that um, one gets internally within the business. Yeah, and I guess that's out of sight for the, the, the entrepreneur of the business in question. That's right, exactly. Yeah, so, so, so moving on a bit. So yeah, the entrepreneur has got investment in, um, so he's now yeah, often yeah, has a new board structure, may or may not have had a formal board structure, it may have been light on with the governance and compliance in the past. So they're new things coming in um, that, that they're going to have to start to get comfortable with. What are some of the other specific things that you've seen um, that business owners or founders need to adapt? You know, and I guess I'm, I'm thinking along the lines of, uh, yeah, a lot of entrepreneurs are frankly control freaks and, uh, and, and want to be involved in everything. And to, to increase the value of their business, they need to get out of that way and, and uh, allow other people to get involved and do stuff to a, a really high level. What are some of the other traps and um, areas of bottleneck, if you like, that business owners create, have you seen? Um, are you turning once the business is sold or before the business is sold? Yeah, once they've bought an angel investor on board and, and they're going through that fast growth phase. Okay, they're in the fast growth stage. Okay, so um, yeah, I mean, I think it's the, the formality of, of having both, you know, in terms of the regular updates of the business, um, making sure that in, in terms of the financials, that's really important. And the um, not having that is secondary, really understanding that um, angels are gonna wanna see that. They're gonna wanna see the updated financials, projections, um, what 
is happening, what are, in terms of projections of potential, um, the different clients that are gonna have the close rates, what these, what they see as a, what's gonna happen this coming year, next year, the year after. I think on the life science side, um, a really um, an understanding because a lot of the uh, life science companies actually don't exit before there's even revenue, but it's the whole FDA approval process. Understand what is, um, what's gonna be needed um, for FDA uh, approval, what are those steps? Is this gonna be 12 months, 15 months, 24 months to get to this level? What's the probability that it's going to happen? Because in terms of FDA approval, that's really, that, that's so important in terms of an investor point of view and well as the company point of view to actually having a, a, the business attractive to um, other larger organizations. Yeah, look, some. There's some really good, useful um, insight, helpful insights there, Marjorie. Uh, and I think what you're saying also is, is something that I've had other uh, podcast guests say to me is that um, what, what angel investors are really looking for along the ways or, or looking to build is a management team that's bigger than the, the founders and, and a proven system or history of setting targets and meeting those targets as a management team. So that, yeah, that comes in with the business planning and the reporting. And that's exactly right. That's right, exactly. And that is often foreign to a lot of business owners or a lot of entrepreneurs, shall I say. Um, yeah, but it's something they have to pick up as they're growing and if they want to increase the valuation of their business. I, I, yeah, absolutely. And, and they have to understand that there's, um, sometimes oversight that, that happens when you're part, when you have a formal board, there will be that oversight in terms of how one is running the business. Absolutely. So Marjorie, look, you've shared a stack of information with us today and, and you know, just, is there one thing, what's the, the, the big tip, if you like, that you would love listeners to take out of our conversation today? Uh, and I'm thinking along the lines of, you know, if they want to get an angel investor on board, what's the biggest tip you can get them, share with them to make sure they do get an angel investor on board rather than pushing them away? I would say really have a compelling business proposition within a total addressable market. But with that, understand the um, actual the competition and show that it's it's very very compelling within that and know your your numbers I think that is just unbelievably key and um, and along with that have a realistic valuation brilliant so know your numbers that's key that's a, often uh, under underestimated and that so know your numbers be really clear about what your proposition is and and even what's yeah. different about you and um yeah get really clear around that and and you know have a sensible valuation brilliant right hey thanks for sharing yeah. with us today i really appreciate your insights and uh now a number of people are going to want to get on you know follow up and and learn from you um we'll put the right sort of um information there in the show notes um thanks for joining us marjorie and thank you for having me.